This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Hello, I'm Anita Arnand and thank you for downloading BBC Radio 4's Any Answers, the sister programme to Any Questions. Good afternoon and welcome to Any Answers. What a week we're having. Uh, So, do tell me what you made of the protests against Donald Trump here in England and the ones that are amassing on the streets of Scotland today. What have you made of this presidential visit and the way in which we as people and our government has reacted to it? Um, Also, I'd love to hear what you make of this now infamous Sun interview given by the president, his interventions on Brexit, on Theresa May's leadership, on Boris Johnson being a good guy. Um, I know the Trump visit has completely dominated the headlines this week, but... There was another story. Let's not forget how it all started. That was dramatic enough. Uh, we had the Chequers deal, David Davis's resignation, the apparent Brexit meltdown afterwards. We have a white paper being presented on Monday. Um, have you read it? Do you find it acceptable? Do you think the EU will find it acceptable? 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Uh, let's talk about identity. Is it defined by DNA, your place of birth, the football team you support? Um, and is your government doing enough? Are you doing enough to reduce the amount of plastic in the sea? That number once again, 03700 100 444. You can text 84844 or you can tweet us using the hashtag BBCAQ. Let's see who is going to be our first caller today. Ian McIntyre, for it is you. Hello, good afternoon. Hello there. Hi there. So, first of all, let's talk about these demonstrations that have gone and are coming. Absolutely wonderful yesterday. I really did. I thought they, uh, a carnival of protest, exactly right, Um, making very, very proper, very, very strong points, but um, in a mood that was uh, joyous uh, in their protest at at Trump. Uh, You compare that with the with the spectacle of the Brexit debate that we've been that we've had forced on us in recent years, um, it's always struck me that it's just a spectacle—a spectacle between uh, of a debate between two sorts of capitalism, <laughs> the, the 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 hooligans, one might say, the hooligan capitalists like um, Johnson and now Trump, who's joined them on the one hand, mm. the rough, tough men on the on the one hand, and what I would regard. I hope you don't mind my saying so, a slippery dishonesty of the uh, smooth uh, other half of the Tory party uh, under the direction of, 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 of Theresa May. And I think back to, for me, when it all began, which was um, eight, nine years ago, when uh, we had the, uh, uh, um, uh, the collapse of the banking regimes here, where we were completely clear that our ruling class was dishonest, um, that the bankers were dishonest, our politicians were okay. dishonest. OK, I mean, wait, 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 wait. let's just stick to the Trump march for now. And those people who are getting in touch, and believe me, there are lots of people getting in touch this afternoon. Um, Amelia Prasad is one of them. Hello, Amelia. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, how are you? Hi. Uh, Ian, meet Amelia. Amelia, meet Ian. So, Hi. Um, Hi. Amelia, Ian is absolutely delighted by the anti-Trump march. He says it was a, a, a carnival of protest. I think that was the phrase that you used. Amelia, what did you think about it? Uh, I think, well, in, in general, this is like this, um, the no meeting between Nicola and Trump as well. I think they're ingrate, spiteful, petulant and graceless. And it shows, for example, why defence and foreign affairs were best kept out of Holyrood. Um, if President Trump is the leader of the free world. He's been duly elected as head of state of the uh, United States. He's their representative. He's coming to visit his ancestral home, 
of his of his mother, which, mm-hmm. you know, so he's got great roots there. It, it, it was graceless of of people to put up the balloon and of Nicola Sturgeon not to meet, and it tells us more about them okay. than about. But on on the Nicola Sturgeon point, I mean, I should say that she says she doesn't want to meet him. I mean, this is this is the level of political discourse right now in the country. He she said she didn't want to meet him. He has come out and said, well, I didn't want to meet her anyway. Um, so on the issue of the protest, though, let's go back to Ian McIntyre. Amelia, he says it's embarrassing uh, and in a way debases who we are. What's your answer to that, Ian? You can talk directly to Amelia. I think what debases who we are is the the way in which our ruling class has behaved over the last 10, 15 years. What mm. more can I say? They've raged, waged war. What, can you just stick to, can you stick, can you, um, instead of going back, yeah, can, stick to Trump for a second, because that's what, we're not talking about banking crisis right now. We're talking about the Trump process. What we are talking about is a crisis of the ruling class. We're talking about a, a, a ruling class which um, is, has subjected us to this de- Brexit debate where, where really it's been two sides of the same coin. Mm. Either you want us as, as rough, tough people like Trump and Johnson, or else you want us as smooth, dishonest people like May. It's it's the same debate, and that that uh, demonstration, those demonstrations yesterday, were um, genuine radical breaks with the, with the depressing tone of British. Yeah. What we, we've been deceived. We've been okay. Okay. No, I, away I, from us yeah. is our right to criticise the ruling class. Okay. Do you remember so, all so the uh, Ian, 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 thank you. I've got loads of calls, but Amelia, just one last sentence from you. This is this yeah. is it. This is exactly what free speech is about. This is what it is yeah. to be British. This is you are allowed to take to the streets and, and voice your strong opinion. What is embarrassing about that? Uh, there, there's nothing wrong as such, but you're allowed. Uh, you're allowed to be respectful of guests. How about all the other dictators and kings with uh, high levels of wills, with proper human right abuses who've come to our country? Did these courageless people have any uh, any uh, bravery to yeah. protest then? So, to, are you saying that everybody on the march yesterday and those who were assembling to march today, they're all left-wing stooges? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I haven't mentioned left-wing. No, okay. Well, at the moment, I, I think but then one of one of the one of the one of the national newspapers has, and I just wanted to know what you yeah. felt about that. Uh, I don't. I think they've got a view on life uh, that uh, you know suggests that uh, you know the means are, are are just as important at the as the end. But whereas you might not agree with a lot of what President mm. Trump has has done. Right, the means and the means by which he's going and uh, going about. Yeah, okay. The things that he said, okay. you know, uh, addressing the middle class of America. Uh, uh, Amelia, we were again, yeah, just concisely come to the end of your point, but just you're saying there are better ways of going about it if you if you feel against them, don't take to the streets. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, think okay. Amelia, Amelia, thank you very much. 03700 100 444, uh, a whole stack of uh, text, tweets, everything, it's all coming in. Uh, we don't have a relationship with Trump. Countries have relationships with each other, not single leaders, however much you like or dislike them. Uh, Stephanie says, successive US presidents have shown that the special relationship with the UK is almost completely one-sided, most starkly demonstrated when Tony Blair followed George W. Bush into the Iraq war and earned the UBK, uh, UK the sobriquet of America's poodle. Uh, this one here from Backup Boy, I don't think Donald Trump cares one iota whether Nicola Sturgeon meets him or not. Um, Jal Framji is calling us from Wilmstone, Cheshire. Good afternoon, Jal. Uh, good afternoon, Anita. Hi. What did uh, you want to President say? President Trump gave professional advice to the UK regards leaving EU. 
and he does not deserve the criticism that he's getting. His objective was, as president, to make America great again, and he wants the British to put the great back into Great Britain, and I don't think that is a bad piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Where does advice become interfering? When you go to a national newspaper and you speak um, about a sitting prime minister and talk about someone who'd make a really good prime minister, knowing that would undermine them, is that okay? No, the thing is this, the newspaper is only nitpicking and pick bits. Well, no, the tape is out there, Joe. The tape is out there. You can listen to the tape yourself. No. Okay, okay, you can say about the newspaper criticism, but the the thing is this, he's... He's actually saying that going, leaving the EU, we, we voted to leave the EU, hmm. and then at the same time we get a policy where we are still going to be part of the EU. You know, he, he wants Britain to be great again. Okay, and all right. And there's, there's nothing wrong in, in a prep. What, 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 what if he'd come out, Jao, and said, um, I want you to stay part of the EU? Um, I know what your voters said, but I really think it would be better for you to stay part of the EU. Well, I think that would be wrong. That be a, okay. because that is going against the wishes of the vote. The voters. Right. We live okay. in a democracy, and no, no, nobody is about the law in that okay. case. I, I get exactly what you're saying. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, this is from Kev, who writes: Am I the only person feeling sorry for Donald Trump? Um, he's often talked about fake news, which I've never been, uh, have always been sceptical about, but I've become increasingly concerned about the co- BBC's coverage on Friday when Donald Trump said he'd given Mrs May some advice which she'd not taken. I'd listened to what he said and the day went on and the reporting became increasingly biased towards him being unreasonable, patronising, disruptive and meddling, whereas what I'd listened to was someone simply stating a fact. I was really concerned the BBC didn't seem... Uh, that the BBC seemed to jump on the bandwagon during the day and by the end I couldn't really believe what I was listening to. It did not reflect the tone of the original statement. Let's take another call. Margaret Watson is on the line. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Anita. Um, I was interested and heartened by your question asking about, you know, was this just a demonstration of left-wing stooges? Um, I was at the Glasgow de- uh, rally in George Square, which was a packed George Square, yesterday for the entire duration of that rally. And um, this was certainly not a uh, um, uh, you know, mindset of people or, um, uh, in, all in the same echo chamber. Indeed, Richard Leonard um, was saying this is not about right and left. This is what is about right and wrong. And when he read certain truths that we hold to be self-evident. The whole of George Square was absolutely roaring with applause. There were many American people who were at the rally, who were um, literally and um, verbally embraced. Um, There was an American pastor, Reverend William Young, who sang a Sam Cooke song. Most of the people around me were in tears when Mm -hmm. he did that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was no American... Um, no anti-American feeling. Uh-huh. So can you can none. you stay can you stay here? Just stay, stay on the line because again we've got Chris Harrison uh, who's coming at this from a different direction. Because Chris, you have not been impressed by the pictures of those demonstrations in London and those in in Scotland this afternoon. Is that right? Yeah, I'm so, hello. Good, good afternoon, Anita. Good afternoon. But, uh, are you on, am I on the line now? You are. You are. And Margaret's here okay. as well. So Margaret, okay. Margaret, Thank March. Oh, that's right, Chris. Uh, Margaret, Margaret was on the march, and Margaret's on the line now. And yes. tell, tell, tell her why you don't like the fact that people were out marching. Well, before I comment on that, can I just say I don't uh, read newspapers, 
because uh, obviously there's a lot of rubbish uh, as far as I'm concerned, Roger. I get all my news from Radio 4 and anything else that, uh, that comments and things. But regarding President Trump's uh, uh, visit to UK, I support his visit. He's uh, doing his best in his own country, and I've said that before. It's a free, a free world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this country, the people that want to demonstrate have that right. But um, uh, uh, regarding the demonstrators, I don't know where, what, why they're demonstrating, because have there been any comments that made why they are demonstrating against the President Trump regarding his past uh, sexual history or whatever uh, uh, you know he's got a job to do yeah. he's had a good meeting with Theresa May our Prime Minister and uh, the other ways you know he's going off to Scotland uh, to his mum's place uh, and uh, yeah. obviously the uh, First Minister of Scotland Nicola is not uh, interested in uh, speaking to him I don't know whether well it's, it's, it's a mutual antipathy it sounds like from the news but Chris Chris just take a breath for a second because you said look I don't know why these protesters are marching Margaret can you tell Chris why you were marching and why others are marching I will try um, certainly from the platform there were many reasons given why people were at the rally in George Square yesterday in Glasgow it seemed to many of the speakers that a certain line had been crossed Almost every speaker, first of all, celebrated the American people. From Martin Luther King to Bob Dylan, they are an inspiration to our country. Mm-hmm. However, it is not the first time that somebody has been democratically elected who happens to be uh, or would appear to have fascist views. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, e- the EIS, for example, that's the uh, teachers' union representative, yeah. was talking about the post-Second World War um, uh, advice about you know what might okay. indicate the rise of fascism. Okay. Fascism. So, so let me just throw that because it's a it's a it's a big it's a big word. It is uh, an, a big uh, uh, accusation, Chris Harrison. There, there's your answer, Chris. You can you can I'll come up, Margaret. I'll come back to you, Margaret. I will come back, Margaret. I'm going to come back to you, Chris. The reason that yeah. Margaret and others, and, and she said that the, the speeches that moved her, were because they regard this man to have fascist ideals and they feel that it's their right. And some are tweeting that a duty to march against such things. Well, I don't know whether... Is there any proof that he's a fascist? I don't know. Okay. Is, uh, you know I don't well, let's, know go, let's go back to Margaret. Margaret? Um, proof is... Uh... Proof is, is, is quite a legal kind of a word, but I think there are many indications that, he, that, that, that fascist views are being held. When we see the mocking of people with disabilities, the pillorying and blaming of minorities, when we see mm. racism, misogyny, wall building and the caging of children from their parents, mm. these are very similar as the EIS. Um, yes. Union yes. You, you, you were telling us. What, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we haven't heard. We, it's hard for us to talk about a speech we haven't heard. But we. I hear what you're saying. I hear Chris what you're saying. I'm just going to read some of the thoughts. Thank you both of you very much um, that are coming through. While I respect everyone's right to protest and express disapproval of the rhetoric Trump has become known for, some of the press, protesters' signage and rhetoric has been equally, if not more, abhorrent than Trump's worst comments. Someone in London yesterday was protesting with a sculpture of Trump's severed head. Uh, It's important to remember he's democratically elected. He's a head of state. He's our country's single most important ally, a country that is vitally, in capital letters, important for our country's economy and security. That's from Cyrus. Uh, Let's take uh, take another, and then I know that, look, there's a little matter of Brexit and a white paper to discuss, so let's uh, talk about that too. But uh, first of all, John Gunton, who's calling us from Paul in Dorset. Hello. 
Yeah, good afternoon. Hi, yeah. you, you wanted to talk about the Trump visit. Yeah, I was fully in favour of the Trump visit and I was disappointed. And I cannot believe the lady before you said that there was all a good humoured, etc. Some of the signs I saw were certainly not good humoured. There, there, there were no reports of violence, were there? Well, my, <laughs> perhaps not physical violence, but certainly well, that... verbal violence. And I think that's just mm. as bad. I, I was pleased to see Trump. Trump actually gives us some very good home truths. Uh, I think he, uh, his talks about NATO were fully taken, and he's right. Germany should pay a lot more for the defence. I also actually think that the BBC has something to blame here. What have we done? Got, oh, very much. You've got two reporters, John Sopel and Paul Wood, and I have never heard them say anything positive mm. about Trump. Well, again, they're not here to defend themselves, and no, I certainly I, I certainly don't want to um, be uh, the front line defending everybody who I work with, although I have a great deal of respect for my colleagues. Um, so let's... If, we, if you want to talk generally about the BBC, awesome, but if you're going to single out people who aren't here to talk for themselves, that's going to be tricky, isn't it, John? I just thought I, I'd, I'd mention their names and maybe somebody will hear that. Uh-huh. Um, no, look, I was also... And, and this lady talks about fascism. That is a comment made like racism and misogynist. Good heavens, probably the biggest misogynist in office was Clinton. Bill Clinton. Okay, but, John, but the, John Kennedy was Do you not see? Do you not see that there is something problematic about the relationship with women? Um, when when there are again, it's sort of taped comments. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't well, give you pause look, for thought. It's the past comments certainly his actions in if it had been actions when he's a president, mm. that would be different. But you must ask his wife. What does mm. his wife think about him? His daughters think about him. Well, if, I if, do yeah. not believe. He's a misogynist. Okay, John, if they want to call up, 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Just a few more of these and then we've got a stack, a holding pattern of uh, calls on this white paper. Uh, It's very difficult to respect the office when it's being so casually corrupted by the person occupying it. It is insulting, says Julie, that those who would appease him also expect us to do the same. Uh, The anti-Trump protesters, writes another texter, I suspect uh, are anti-Trump or anti-USA just by default. If they were sincere about human rights and women's rights, they would be directing their anger at countries where men, women and children are daily raped, abducted, murdered, trafficked, ethnically cleansed, denied education or stoned to death. Countries like Afghanistan, Iran, Nigeria, all over the Middle East, Pakistan and so on, says TN. Protesters should not be selective and go in protests where human rights are really a serious and tragic problem. And John says the special relationship is very one-sided. Perhaps that is what makes it so special. Um, let's let's move on to uh, the white paper. This is a massive deal. This is a massive milestone in the Brexit negotiations. Um, if you can cast your mind back to the beginning of the week, uh, that checkers meeting, the taxis that apparently had their car engines running, they didn't have to take anybody to the station because people signed up, and then... David Davis said, no, I don't agree after all. And he resigned. And then there were other resignations. Um, What does this mean? Have you read the white paper? What do you make of it? Is this something that you would accept? Is this what you would accept? David Cutts is calling us from somewhere in southwest France. Whereabouts in southwest France, David? I'm calling from Couverture, which is a a place we run music courses in southwest France during the summer. Okay, right. So what what did you make of what you saw this week? Well, I... See, the, the white paper is an attempt to rescue the manufacturing industry, which is linked to the EU, from from Brexit. If if we Brexit in the way that the extreme Brexiters want to want to leave, then all that industry will not work. All the supply chains will not work. 
wings will not get to air buses, etc. It's 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 a, a very serious problem. It's about you know ten percent of our economy, something like that. It's a lot, right? So the 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 white paper says, okay, we're going to rub out some of our red lines and make some customer tight customs arrangements, and we might make um, common rules with the EU to enable manufacturing to work as a whole across the European Union. But at the same time, the White Paper says that it wants to keep freedom to do other trade deals mm. and to keep away from other elements of the of the the EU. So that this gives us two things. It shows us that the Brexiteers really don't understand or consider the economic impact of what they're proposing. They're really not doing that. Yeah. So they have another agenda. Secondly, it's going to get us to a point where the EU will say, look, I'm sorry, this is very interesting, which is what they've said, but it is cherry picking. You are wanting some of this bit of some of this bit of the, the whole deal, but not the rest of it. It doesn't work if you do that. Okay. And that's the consistent line they've had. So in, in what, we, what we've got is something which indicates that the government has finally understood that what Brexit means could be extremely economically dangerous. But it also means that the Brexiteers are being exposed as being um, cavalier with the economy in arguing that we should leave. And finally... Okay, okay David, yeah, finally, very briefly. One, one point. Yeah. One point. The, 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 the Brexiteers say, well, we'll do a big trade deal with Donald Trump. Well, you've had a lot of cool talk about Donald Trump. I mean, the that would make a marginal difference to the UK economy, but would make a massive difference to the standards of food, maybe even standards of the NHS. OK, it David. It would be terrible. OK, David, thank you very much indeed. 03700 100 444. Uh, the EU will, says this is from Nelson Brenner, the EU will force weak Theresa May to capitulate on every issue. We'll end up having to accept everything they demand, including joining the euro. Uh, Ed Wilson says any withdrawal agreement with the EU would constrain future policy and any subsequent trade agreement would constrain it further still. Uh, Dark Robin Rising says, I hope the EU reject the deal so we can keep our money and exit on World Trade Organization rules. Let's go to uh, Christina Michael, who's calling us from Milton Keynes. Hello. Hello there. Hi, what did you want to say? Um, What I want to say is that I think it's highly likely that Monsieur Barnier is going to give us any cherries at this time. He has been very unhelpful, although sometimes he has expressed uh, that there were things that, that we could do, but he would have to say that that's what we could have, but we haven't had anything yet. Mm. And I, for the, another reason for, for I thinking that we're not going to get um, a, a good deal is because the other, some other countries in the EU, that's Spain and Italy, as far as I know, they've shown signs of leaving... And there's certainly been quite um, a lot of um, talk going on about that in Spain, particularly. And also, the other number of countries that would have to vote us, uh, for uh, what they wanted us to do, it would, be very, it would be very difficult to come to a good agreement because it's a huge amount of people. OK, so what, what's your advice to Theresa May then? In view of that landscape that you've just, just mapped out for us, what would you say to her now? She's in a very difficult position, and I think she's she's doing really very well, but she's in a very difficult condition at this point, I think. And uh, so we have to just wait and see what happens and take, take what comes, because I, I think it may end up 
that we will get absolutely no uh, positive um, agreements from this time on. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, there is always criticism about only now having a white paper to put to the EU. Why have none of these critics prepared an alternative? That's from Peter. Another one here, Brexit referendum should be considered to have a draw, to have been a draw. This is because of the close result, the misinformation and lack of understanding on all sides of these implications that follow. And John says, we all voted for one Brexit, which stands for British exit from the EU. Plain and simple. All the details can be argued and sorted out after we've left, just as the government are constantly doing. But May and her government don't want to leave. Otherwise, we would have left two years ago. That is from John. Uh, Another John, John Davis, is calling us from Swansea in Wales. Hello, John. Hello. Hi, what did you want to say? Um, Where do you want to stop? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Uh, we we, we, we come out in about (laughs) half past. There you go, John. On you go. Um, Well, I I want actually to cast your mind back to the origins of the referendum. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say the origins of the species for a second, John. Yeah, okay. the origins of the referendum. Go on. Yeah. Are you still with me? Yep, totally. No, no, go on, go on. Fine. Um, The origins of the referendum, it actually took place as a result of the inability of Mr Cameron to actually give any indication of any modification or reform of, in fact, the political union. And that actually is at the the seat of it. Um, Namely, there there is no negotiation because, in fact, the EU doesn't negotiate. It doesn't negotiate in good faith. It is a bureaucratic organization. Um, Our relationship is not with the EU. Our relationship is with the nations of Europe, and they are extremely diverse and variable. And in fact, the whole notion that this is uh, some sort of a a tariff-driven situation uh, shows a lamentable lack, really, of the reality of economic life. Uh, People buy goods and services on the basis, in fact, of their perceived value um, on the service that they get, of the quality of the merchandise. I'm afraid to say that very few people know what the tariff is. Okay. So, so can I ask you a question? Would you be yeah. happy then if things are going to go the way you predict, that there is actually no goodwill on the EU side, Michel Barnier is not going to give an inch. Um, so, so then would you say, right, it is not only an inevitability, but it's actually quite a good thing, just leave, no deal, just leave? Well, it, it isn't. It's even worse than that, unfortunately, because what we had, we have a prime minister who actually um, managed to get away uh, from the Home Office and therefore lumbered um, uh, Amanda Rudd, in actual fact, with uh, uh, you know, her policy and had to go. And now she's in the situation whereby she's negotiating, in fact, with her henchman Hammond, the uh, Remainer Retriever, and uh, in actual fact has gone behind her own nominee. Uh, so, therefore, the only one that comes out of this with any credit, in fact, is and any dignity, is, in fact, Donald De- David Davis. OK, thank you very much. Let's go to Peter Codner, who's calling us from Devizes. Hello. Hello, then. Hi, Peter. What did you want to say? I wanted to say that I become mildly concerned when there seem to be assumptions upon which people perceive which they assume to be Catholic or universal. It seems to be assumed without challenge, without any questioning, that there has to be a deal, a vulgar word, but some sort of agreement about free trade. It's assumed as an almost a religious assumption that there can be no trade without free trade, which is plainly nonsense. Self-evidently, if you go in for history, which is merely hearsay and gossiping largely, but be that as it may, it's perfectly possible for countries to trade with one another or peoples to trade with one another without there being any deals because they've been doing it 
for thousands of years. It's not necessary to make applications mm -hmm. to little mm -hmm. bureaucracies or committees of bureaucrats before you can go about the process of trading. It's so, nonsense okay. to assume that there has to, it's an assumption. Okay, so it's just, it's, Peter, time is against us, but it's, it, this is unnecessary panic. Leave and everything will be fine. Just leave and okay. live right. life before the EU. Okay, thank you very much indeed. A uh, couple of minutes and a couple of callers who are very patiently waiting to tell us how they are uh, doing their bit when it comes to plastics. Josephine Martin, Peter Cook, hello. Um, Josephine, first of all, tell me what you're doing and what should people do? Yes, good afternoon, Anita. Um, well, I personally do reuse plastic bottles, you know, drinks bottles, just refill them with tap water. You know, it's quite... Uh, quite a, a straightforward thing to do isn't it you don't need to discard them you can just reuse them when you're traveling you don't mm. need to keep buying new ones um but on a more general note i think there is more that um government should encourage um industrialists and purveyors of um drinks and condiments um to resume the previous practice of supplying them in glass bottles and having them recycled got it peter what about you Ah, good afternoon. I started a thing called Five a Day. People pick up a minimum of five pieces of plastic, they recycle them properly. It's catching on via social media. We also have the unknown dustman in my area. He ties recycling bags to railings. Kids fill them with plastic waste and cans. It's simple but an effective innovation. Mm. So we need to get drastic on plastic, dump mm. Trump and break Brexit before Brexit breaks. Well, Brexit. look at you with your slogans. Peter, just in a word, are you the unknown dustman? No, but are I'm you, Peter? He's been mm. found on social media. Okay, I tried. That was my investigative journalist bit. Um, thank you very much. That's all we've got time for. Same time next week. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Any Answers. Don't forget, if you want to hear any questions or you'd like to invite the programme to your venue, then please go to the BBC Radio 4 website and search for any questions. I'm Anita Arnand. Thank you for listening.